Um, hello, I'm the chair of the Ladies Guild, um, Mrs. Hilton, Natalie Hilton, and it gives us great honor to have um, Vera Graydon's um, son to speak tonight. He, she was very, she's very special to us. She's the, um, the treasurer of, of the Ladies Guild when, um, when I was on the Ladies Guild with her. And it's just, uh, it gives us great pleasure to have um, Rabbi Baruch um, Graydon, the Rosh Kolel of the Murakat HaTorah, to speak to us tonight. Thank you very, very much. And thank you, Andrew Sher, for organizing it too. It gives me great pleasure <clears throat> to join you all tonight. And it's an honor to say this year. I think that Mr. Sher was somewhat surprised when I so readily agreed to give this year. And the reason for that was because, uh, exactly as you said, the Ladies' Guild was very dear to my mother for, for many, many years. And uh, she also enjoyed going to the Shurim very much. And as like, Oisa Karasatayv, of course, I would be happy to say a shir. I hope the shir will be meaningful. I would like to dedicate the shir, Le'ilu Nishmas Rafeldman Zichron Levracha, who uh, left us quite recently and, uh, of course, made a tremendous contribution, not just to the community, but to the entire Kehila in London. Rabbits as well shall have many years of So I'd like to speak about a certain subject that some of you are probably going to wonder for most of the shear. Why am I saying the shear to women? This is a shear that should be for men. But I have a very definite focus and reason and goal why I'm saying the shear for women, as will become clear as we proceed through the material. There's a very meaningful piece of Ramban at the beginning of Sefer Shemois. If you look in the Mikros Kadoilus Chumash that has all the various Mufarshim, you will find that some of them have a preface to the commentary of Nachmanides of the Ramban, and some of them don't. But the, pre- the preface is written by the Ramban, and he says the following. He says that Sefer Bereshis the first of the Pentateuch, the first of the Chamisha Chamshitaira, the Sefer Bereshis is Sefer Hayetzira. It's a work which is the work of creation. Kedvarcha created the world. Not only did he create everything that is existing in the world, but furthermore, in Sefer Bereshis, we are introduced to the life and the trials and the tribulations of our Ovos Vimos. Avram Yitzhak Yaakov, Sarah Rivka Rachov Aleyev. And whatever happened to our patriarchs and our matriarchs was setting the trail for whatever would occur to their children throughout the ages. Because everything that occurred to them ultimately in one form or another occurred either once or more than once to their offspring. And that's all of Sefer Bereshis is an act of Yitzira, it's an act of creation, forming the foundation for all that will occur until the advent of the B'yasa Mashiach Kumiyat Hashem When that was complete, we come to the second Sefer. And the second Sefer is Sefer Shemois, in which, which begins with the first Golus, the first real exile, the exile of the entire Jewish people. And, of course, the Geula, the liberation, the Yitzhiya Svetsarim, the liberation from that exile. 
So you have Kolus Mitzrayim, the exile in Egypt, and the Gula from Mitzrayim. Now listen carefully. Ramban says here some very fascinating words. The the Golus, the exile of Egypt, the suffering and all that went on surrounding our period in Egypt did not end simply with leaving Egypt. It didn't end with going to the Red Sea and crossing the Red Sea. It didn't even end at Har Sinai, even though we'll see later it principally ended at Har Sinai. But the ultimate ka'ula, the ultimate liberation and accomplishment of the Jewish people is only when they come to a place, meaning Eretz Israel, and when they return El Ma'alas Avoisum to the levels and the accomplishments of our forefathers. What is that? So when they left Egypt, they left the house of bondage. They were still considered to be people of exile. They were for Blonjavit in the Midbar. They spent their time going, well, Blonjavit was leading them, but they went round the desert for 40 years ultimately. However, when they arrived at the mountain of Sinai, and then subsequently the Osra Mishkan, following that, they made a tabernacle. The Shav HaKadosh Baruch Hu Vehishra Shechinasoi Beneim. At which point HaKadosh Baruch Hu deposited his divine presence, brought and deposited and settled his divine presence among them. Oz Shavu El Malas It was with the apparition of that Shechina, and the permanent of that Shechina, as it was in the Mishkan, that brought the Jewish people back to the Madrega, which Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov had experienced. Because right. Chazal referred to Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov as being the Merkava, as being the holy chariot. The chariot is something that transports people. So they were the, they were the chariots, and the Shechina, the divine presence, would Kaviyochel rest on them, and wherever they went, accompanied them. That was the concept of the of the Mishkan. That the Mishkan was a place where the Shechina could dwell, and wherever the Jews went, it stayed with them. And that was the ultimate goal of leaving Mitzrayim. There should be a people with whom HaKadosh Baruch Hu could dwell in our midst. I will elaborate on that soon. The Ramban, the same Ramban, in the beginning of Parshas Truma, so he describes the purpose of making the Mishkan and what would be accomplished with this tabernacle. And he says the following critical words. The Soid HaMishkan. Now we, when the Ramban says he's talking about the Soid, which means something which is a secret, he means secrets of the Torah, that one needs to be a Kabbalist to understand. So clearly that's not our situation. But we can understand at some superficial level what he says here. The Soid HaMishkan. That the COVID, the divine presence, which rested on Al Sinai, and that seminal event called giving of the Torah, that, that type of Shechina, that type of, of, of illustration 
and essence of what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, should, <coughs> that should be Shoichein Olof Minister in a secret and modest way, that should be captured in the Mishkan. So there should be Shrid in the Mishkan, but which Mishkan? The one that was manifested, the one that was displayed at Harasina. There are various types of Shechina, various types of apparitions of Shechina, how we perceive it. And whatever was unique to Harasinai, that's what would permanently be ensconced in the Mishkan. And we see this, because the Pasuk says, that at the time of Kabbalah Satoru, the covenant of HaKadosh Baruch Hu rested on Harasinai, and when it came to the Mishkan, the same words are used. It's the same Kvayt Hashem. The same revelation, the same manifestation of the Divine Presence that had been at Harsinai was captured and was permanently ensconced in the Mishkan. And the covered that was at Arsinai was permanently attached to the Jews when they came wherever they went with this Mishkan. And Ubabo Moshe, and when Moshe would enter the Mishkan, there would be there would be there the Dibur. Which Dibur would Moshe have been here in the Mishkan? The same Dibur, whatever that means, the same experience as he had had at the Mishka, at the, at the, at Harsinai during the giving of the Aser Sadibras, the giving of the Torah. So we, now we've learned a new thing. Not just that the highest level of accomplishment and the completion of the Gulas Mitzrayim is the revelation of the Shekhinah that should be in the Mishkan, but that whatever was in the Mishkan was that which was revealed to Kral Yisrael Harsinai. The giving of the Torah and that experience which is experienced and viewed by all the 600,000 men between 60 and 20 and all the other Jews, the millions who uh, who accompanied them at that Maimah seminal event of Arsinai, that level of Shechina was captured in a in a modest and sneeistic way inside the Mishkan and was permanently resident with the Jews. Now with that in mind, we can understand another very beautiful piece of Rambam. The Ramban in Parshas Emor says a very, very interesting Chidush. And we have something on, on Sukkot called Shmini Atzeres. It's the eighth day of Sukkot. It's actually, the Gemara calls it a Yom Tepifniyatsmu, but somehow or other it is connected to Sukkot. So the Ramban wants to know where is the Shmini Atzeres of Pesach? Pesach is in the, in the Torah is only seven days. And interestingly enough, Shmuas is called in the language of the Chachamim, the Yom of Shmuas is called Atzeris. The Ramban says that Pesach is the Yom Tov. Sphira, the day, the 49 days of counting the Sphira is Chayla Moyed. And the end of the Yom Tov, the Atzeris, the Shmini Atzeris of Pesach is Shmuas. Now, these are Kabbalistic concepts little bit me to express my understanding of these things, which is very limited. But that's the words that Ramban said. That Pesach is the beginning, 
and the whole thing culminates in the Yontav of Shuas, Kabbalah Satoya. Now, according, this is the Ramban speaking. Now we understand the Ramban perfectly. Because Pesach is the Yontav celebrating the Geula, the liberation from Mitzrayim. But the Ramban came and told us that the physical exit, exodus from Mitzrayim is not the end of the story. We have to get to Harsinai. We have to have the re- revelation of Shina. Then we have to have the Mishkan. And ultimately, Eretzisrael, but even forgetting about Eretzisrael, we have to have the Mishkan where there will be a repository of the Shekhinah. And that occurred on Shavuos. So now we understand why Shavuos is in some measure the Gemar, the completion and the fulfillment of Pesach and the Yemea Sphira, where we prepare ourselves for Kabbalah Satari. There are 48 ways that the Torah is acquired. So there are 48 days of Sphira, the 49th day is a Chazara, on all the progress that's been made during those 49 days. And on the 50th day, we will the Torah. And that's the ultimate completion of the Geulas Mitzrayim. That locks Mitzrayim and Shuas, Pesach and Shuas, into one unit from some perspective. What a fantastic view that the Rabban has created for us here. Now, when we want to think about Kabbalah Satur, Kabbalah Satur is, practically speaking for us, the central issue in the Antif of Shmus, and many other things to think about. The central and most powerful element of Shmus is the Kabbalah Satur. So there's something I would like to study together with you that will help us understand a little bit the importance of Kabbalah Satayra and our relationship to Torah. You know that every morning we make three brachas, three brachas, some Rishonim says, two brachas. We, we say brachas for Birchas Let's take a look what those brachas are. The first one is Barachatu Hashem Elokeinu Melech Oilam we make a bracha that HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded us not just to learn. It doesn't say Lilmai, even though that's the Lashon the Torah brings first. A mitzvah to learn. But we're not just celebrating and discussing a mitzvah of learning. We're talking about being Isaac. Isaac, Isaac is a business. A business, a person doesn't just do a bit of business. A person's engaged in business, involved in business. When one learns Torah, one should be involved in Torah. Wants to understand it, wants to have a context, wants to know all the details, etc., etc. So that's the mitzvah. Then we do something very strange. And we continue by saying, Vaharevno Hashem Elokeinu is Dibri Sarasachabafin. Please make HaKadosh Baruch Hu, please make the words of Torah sweet in our mouths and the mouths of all the Jewish people. In which case, we, and our offspring, the offspring of all the Jewish people, all of us should be familiar with your essence to the extent that we can. We should learn your Torah with the utmost intensity and sincerity. 
Baruch HaTorah, Shema Malamid Torah Liam Yisrael. You are a Kodesh Baruch who teaches us the Torah. And we could spend a few hours just discussing this bracha. But the first and obvious observation is, what type of bracha is this? We should ask a Kodesh Baruch to make the Torah sweet in our mouths. Do we ask a Kodesh Baruch to make the lulav sweet in our hearts? Do we ask him to make putting on tefillin should be sweet? What is the sweetness that we're asking for? And isn't it something that we should do ourselves? We should feel it? What does it mean? He's Malamid Torah, Kodesh Baruch teaches Torah to the Jewish people. What does that mean? Then we continue with another interesting bracha. You are Kaddish Baruch who chose us from all the nations. The Nasim Lano is Teros who gave us the Torah. Baruch Atah Hashem Noisen HaTorah. Baruch who gave us the Torah. I mean, when we, when we, when we put on Tfilin, we say thank you, you chose us and gave us the Torah. Only we put on Tfilin. Gentile don't put on Tfilin. So why don't we thank Kaddish Baruch? It was Baruchar us. Shake a lulav. If we put up a mezuzah, or if we do chesed, the way the Jews meant to do chesed, we should say Hashabach How does it belong specifically to the mitzvah of Talmud Torah that we bring these brachas in the morning as we talk about our obligation to learn Torah? So there's much written about this, and uh, don't claim any monopoly on a pshat, but I will share with you from two gadoli, poiskim gadoli, Moire Derech of Kal Yisrael, who spoke on this subject, that will enlighten us. Number one is the Bayez Chodesh. The Bayez Chodesh is one of the two main commentators on the tour, the tour being the forerunner of the Shulchan Aruch, where he's busy trying to understand this Baruch Hashem Bachabonim. But what is, what is it, Bachabonim? Of course Bachabonim. But how are we making that over here? So listen carefully to what the tour says. The tour says the following. Venire. The Kavanah, I'm sorry, not the Torah. The Bayez Chodesh, the commentator of the Torah says a follow. The Nira. The Kavanah says, Yisbarach ma'olam ha'isa shenyeh oiskim ba'tayrah. HaKadosh Baruch intention from time immemorial had been that we should engage in Torah learning. Kedeshe tis'atzeim nishmaseinu bi'atzmas v'ruchnius v'kedushas makar v'yitzay ha'tayrah. That our spiritual essence should become strong our souls should become empowered, full of spirituality that comes from the wellspring of Kedusha Satara. In the Torah, there's a wellspring of sanctity of Kedusha. And that we should engage in Torah learning, just read it and learn it, but engage in Torah learning, so that we should become strengthened and empowered by the Kedusha that's in the Torah. That's why Kodesh Baruch Hu gave Teres Emes to Israel B'Maton as a gift. Shalot Yishtakach Mi'etonu It should never be forgot from us. Kodesha Tistabek Nishmoseinu V'Gufeinu B'Reshmem Chesevorim V'Shinsa Mechegidim B'Reshmem Chemitzvus Asei V'Shinsa Mechelos Asei Magically, by immersing ourselves in the Torah, our physical essence should become imbued with sanctity as a parallel to the mitzvahs and the prohibitions of the Torah, which are parallel to the evorim, the limbs of the gulf, the ligaments of the body. That's not important what all that means. But that we, if we toivel ourselves, if we envelop ourselves completely with Kedushas and Torah, we will become imbued with Torah. Continues the Bach to say, 
And if we would do that and learn Torah in this manner, then we would become the Merkava, the chariot and the Heichel in which the Shekhin of HaKadosh Baruch would reside. Those words are familiar, right? The Ramban said that the Gul is only over when we get back to the level of our forefathers and the forefathers were a chariot for the Shekhin. And the Bach is saying if we learn Torah properly, we will become the chariot to the Shekhin. Now you all recall that in Parshish Truma the Torah says, V'asili Mishkan, V'asili Mikdash, they should make for me a sanctuary, V'shochanti b'socham, and I will reside in their midst. The sanctity, the Kedusha, the Mishkan, is a place. It's an it. Then he says, I will reside in them, which is the people. So where's the Shekhinah going to be? Is it going to be in the people? Or is it going to be in the Holy Tabernacle, in the Holy Mikdash? And the answer is, it has to be in the hearts and the essence of the people before it can go to the Mishkan. That's exactly what the Ramban said. That the revelation of Shechina at Sinai and that we would become like our forefathers, Avram, Yitzchak and Yaakov, and then the Shechina could reside among the Jewish people. And says the Bach, that was the whole purpose of being chosen by Kodesh Baruch We were chosen by Kodesh Baruch We were chosen by the Ravina Shalom and exclusively us, explain that in a second, and we were given the Torah, and when we come to learn Torah, we should remember it's because we were chosen, we're not just getting some information, but that we're plumbing the depths of the Torah, so we come close to the Torah, close to Kedusha, and we can become the, the Merkava Lashrina. Now, I understand these are very lofty words, I don't understand them any more than you do, we can read them. But, I'll tell you what's significant here, what's vital. What's vital is like this, I once had a discussion with a secular uh, secular gentleman, tragic man. He was a, a Jew from Brooklyn. He lives out here in California. As the vast majority, lost himself completely. Was married to a Gentile woman. They never had children together. and They adopted a son and ultimately the son committed suicide. So he had a tremendously bitter and a hard life. And somebody was connected to me a little bit. We were talking. And at one point he said to me, Rabbi, too many details. You're talking about Judaism, you talk about you wash your hands, this hand, that hand, this piece of bread, this cup of wine, this lulav, too many details. Big picture. We need big picture. What does big picture mean? Iran, APAC, presidential elections, West Bank, um, United Nations, big picture issues. So I said to him, Ronnie, do me a favor. Tell me, how many big picture events have you had in your life? You're 60 years old. How many important events? You know, these big picture have you had? So he says 20. 18 of them were irrelevant, insignificant. The other two, fake, fake if they're important. So I said, if you look at big and important events, there aren't that many of them. Ask me how many important events occurred in my life. So I see, he asked me, so I said 270 million. He said, Rabbi, how many times do you get married? What is all this? So I said to him, you don't understand. Every single thing that a Jew does is a mitzvah or an avera. That's what the Chavis Alvavis explains to us. We're either doing the right thing or the wrong thing. Everything that we do right as part of the body of mitzvahs is eternal, is nitzchi, it's eternal. Anything that's eternal is important. It doesn't matter how minor it appears in your eyes that I'm tying the left shoe before the right shoe, whatever it may be, maybe you think that's not important. But if HaKadosh Baruch wants us to live that way, and it's some form of mitzvah, it's eternal. 
and impacts my neshama and the entire profile of the universe till time, till the end of time. There is no end of time. That Sayyid Kedusha, that everything that we ever do can be imbued with sanctity, however mundane it may be, the source of that Kedusha lies in the Torah. It's hidden somewhere in the secrets of the Torah. And until we learn the Torah and engage in Torah and draw it out of the Torah, we don't really have it, or we have it minimally. And the more that we connect to the Torah, the more we have essence of Kedusha in our Maisim and our essence. And that's what we're trying to do when we engage in Limud Torah. We're trying to make sure that we have lives of Kedusha, and the lives of Kedusha will be reflected later in the mitzvahs that we do, so that HaKadosh Baruch Hu can rest among us. But the Sachet Shavah, the Abni Lazar, wrote the Sefer Egle Tal, he addresses the previous bracha. He addresses the bracha Vaharivna. What is Vaharivna? The, the truth is, I will tell you very simply, without any great uh, uh, philosophical thoughts, we have to plead the Torah should be sweet in our, in our mouths, in our children's mouths, because it's an intellectual activity. Learning Torah is intellectual activity. If you don't enjoy it, you won't do it. You know, it could be shaking lulavs. You can say it's 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 uh, it's an action. I can do it once or twice. I can sit in a sukkah for a week. I can be matzah. Maybe I'm not that inspired. Maybe I'm not that, but I can do it. But to engage in an ongoing form day after day in Talmud Torah requires for a person to feel the sweetness, and it is sweet. Why would it be so sweet? Because it's the Chachma of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What could a person ask for more in this world than to be able to participate in studying and trying to appreciate the wisdom of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Everything in the world is meaningless. Everything ultimately comes to an end. It's relative. It's subjective. But the Chachma of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the absolute truth in the world. And that was given to us to delve into. And of course, being human, we can't understand it. How could we understand the wisdom of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? It's only because he's Malamed, Torah, La'amo Yisrael. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu teaches us Torah. To whom does a person teach? A person teaches somebody who's interested, somebody who's passionate, somebody who's pursuing this seriously, somebody who doesn't really care. So I teach you one day, I teach you five days. After ten days, I say, you know what? Become a truck driver. It's more suitable. You'll enjoy yourself. This is not for you. So we plead with HaKadosh Baruch Hu to be pleasant for us, for our children, for our grandchildren, for all of Klal Yisrael. And then we'll pursue the Torah. And the truth is that way. If you ever deal with non-secular Jews, you'll see that, you know, obviously they have all sorts of you know, perverted ideas that, about what Torah is. Some of that's our fault, some of it's not our fault. But when you show them something of the beauty of the Torah, they're taken aback. They're simply taken aback. There could be such a thing. And there could be such a thing as Kedusha and a simple Misa. And they could experience that Kedusha. So the Sarkha Chavah says, like this. You said some people argued that one shouldn't enjoy Talmud Torah. Because Talmud Torah is a mitzvah. And mitzvahs, they're not made for enjoyment. They're made to do what HaKadosh Baruch Hu told you. So if you enjoy learning Torah, it's maybe detracts from the mitzvah. So he quotes the Zohar. The Zohar says that the Yetzirah and the Yetzirah Tov, each one in their own way, can only grow mitoch simcha. First has to be besimcha. So we're not discussing Yetzirah now. We're trying to discuss Yetzirah Tov. And the Yetzirah Tov grows, expands, based on Simcha. 
And I said, how can the Yetzat Tov grow in Simcha? If Simcha is something that's disturbing. It's not that way. He says the following. The Ike Mitzvah, not the Shalolishma of the Mitzvah. When you know that you're connected to the Mitzvahs, when you're able to feel the beauty of the Chachl of Baruch Hu, that's the fulfillment of the Mitzvah. And what happens then? The same as the Bach said. Then the Torah becomes implanted into your bloodstream. And because you're benefiting and, and have pleasure from the Torah, you cling to the Torah. And if you cling to the Torah, you have Simcha Yetzatayv is growing, and your spiritual profile is growing, and you feel connected. And that, as we said before, brings down the Kedusha. So the Bach and the Sarchachev are saying the same thing. They're saying that the only way that a person can become a platform for the Shechina and the Shekhinah can connect itself to the person, which is the ultimate goal of existence. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to dwell B'tachtoinim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu created a world of human beings, and he wanted them to behave like human beings with sanctity, so that he would be comfortable to reside among us. That is the greatest accomplishment of this world, that the Shekhinah can come Tachtoinim. That's why Maimed Asina is the most important event in the history of the world, because of Maimed Asinai, Machane Yisrael, the camp of the Jews, people in this world, and the Machane Shechina, the camp of the Kodesh Baruch with his angels, enjoined in a dance at Ar Sinai, where there was a point of contact between this world and the Elyonim, Tintachtoinim, the Elyonim, the lower world and the higher world, the humans and the celestial beings. And we were able to make contact through the Kedusha Satara. That is the greatest accomplishment in history, and that is what we strive to to arrive at all the time through Limud Torah and Kiyom That we should be a people who, even though we walk in this world, and even though we look physical, and we act as if we're with physical parameters, but ultimately we're connected to Elyonim and to Olam through every action that we do. Now, so you're asking me, what has this got to do with women? Well, Plenty to do with women, it's true. What we're saying here is true. So it has to do with everybody. But let me explain to you what it has to do with the women. You're familiar with the story in Sefer Yeshua and Perik Vald, the Zion, I think it's Perik. I think it's Perik Vald. That Akurish Baruch Hu instructed Joshua that when he comes to Yericho, Yericho had a wall around it that was discussed, that was described by Chazal, probably the most impregnable wall in the history of the world was many, many, many feet deep, high, angled, inconceivable, the size and the weight of the stones involved. I'm not sure if one of those big American bombs, they drop into bunkers 50 feet below the ground, could have blown up the wall around Yericho. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Moshe Rabbein, told Yeshua, that he's to go around, that the, the army is to walk around the walls of Yericho for a week, once a day, and on Shabbos Kodesh, they're meant to take shofars, and they're to walk around seven times. The first time will be the completion of the seventh of the week, and will also be the first of the seven that can happen on Shabbos. And after they surrounded the wall, walked around the wall seven times on Shabbos Kodesh, the wall collapsed. 
swallowed up in the ground, disappeared. They were able to conquer Yericho. What was Yericho? Yericho, it says in the Svarim, was the most tome of all these cities in Eretz Yisrael at that time. It was a place of complete tumor. And Kabbalistically, the idea that they put a wall around Yericho was to keep all the tumor inside, to have a concentration of tumor. This would be a place where all the Averis of the world would be performed. Who knows what they were doing there? But the Las Vegas of Eretz Yisrael. Kodesh Baruch Hu told Yeshua, take Yidin, Kedoshim, and ultimately Shomri Shabbos, and surround this wall. And the Kedusha of them walking around this wall, Tuma of the wall, capitulated. And the purpose of that was to show that Klal Yisro will prevail through their Kedusha, not through the force of arms. And that Eretz they could have as much tumor as they like, all the Goyim that lived there, all the Gentiles that lived there, whoever thought they could accomplish whatever they thought they could accomplish, but Klal Yisrael would prevail and prevail through this Kedusha. Where's the source of that Kedusha? Because Kedusha, the ultimate source would be in the Torah itself. So now, you're all aware that at a Chasna, the Kala walks around the Chasna seven times. Right? You always see that the Masada Kedusha get it right. Was it five times? Was it seven times? Was it eight times? But goes around, meant to go around seven times. Where does that come from? What type of funny idea is that? That they make the color walk around the Chassan seven times. So I don't know. I haven't studied all the sources, but it looks to me, it must blatant, it must come from here. It must come from the Maise in Yericho, where HaKadosh Baruch Hu is investing in this color, in this bride, the power to protect the Kedusha of her husband. She's bringing Kedusha to her husband. The Gemara says, the Rav Amid the Amoroim said that he's very makitovah to his wife. She gave him children and she helps him be Shomer his Kedusha. Those are the two things which are critical for him in his relationship, in that particular relationship that he had with his wife. The job of the lady is to bring, protect the Kedusha of her husband and to bring Kedusha into her home. Now it all comes together. When we celebrate the Kabbalah Satayra of Klal Yisrael on, on, uh, on, on Shuas, so with the men are celebrating the obligation of Talmud Torah, the need to learn Torah, the need to be Isaac in the mitzvahs and understand all the details of the mitzvahs, and the ladies are also celebrating Kabbalah Satayra because their lives are also completely impacted by the fact that we received the Torah, that our lives are run by the Torah and everything, all guidance comes from the Torah. But the ladies are also celebrating this obligation. They're celebrating the obligation by Kodesh Baruch who says to the Masani Kiritzayna, that I made you close to my will, that women have been created with a greater measure of allegiance to Kodesh Baruch Hu, natural allegiance than men, Men struggle with that harder than ladies. And ladies have been invested with the ability to be shomer the Kedusha. Their job is not just to be shomer for themselves, but to bring it to their husbands and to their children. And that is the sole guarantor of the Torah by Klal Yisra. If the Torah becomes secular, if the Torah becomes a subject, if the Torah becomes insignificant, if it gets learned but without the right Kedusha, it will not do for Klal Yisra what it needs to do. We can only reach the level that HaKadosh Baruch Hu expects of us if we're able 
to learn Torah, the Kedusha, or the Tahara, and the cherish of that is the Eishas Chayim in the house. That's her job, and that's what she has to do, and that's what she has to worry about. When the Gemara says in Masechta Brachas, the Gemara says, Noshim B'maikazachim, with what did women, with what did women have a zuchus? That's a very funny question, because the women have thousands of zuchus. They do mitzvahs all day long, the chesed all day long, the daven all day long. So before she said, we're not asking, we're asking the zuchus of Torah. Where do women have a direct chelik in the Torah? So the Gemara says, it's because they take the children in carpool in the morning to the yeshiva, to the schools, and they wait for the husbands at night to come home from learning. Now that sounds pretty dry. With the woman's connection, she drives and she waits for the husband. That's not what it means. What the Gemara means is she creates a life where the center of her life is ensuring the kids get properly to the learning and the, and the husband properly as his career is hated. That's her accomplishment and it can only be hers. If she won't cooperate and she won't lead and she won't provide it, it won't happen. The house will not produce what it meant to produce. That's what I wanted to share with you on Erev Yontif. I'm sure there's many other things we could have spoken about, but this is what was on my mind. I hope that in Yitzhah Hashem, we will have a safe Yontif. I don't know the situation in London here in Los Angeles. As of the moment, even though the president said one could open the Bote Knesses, he would believe one should open the Bote Knesses, their essential issues are right. The governor has not yet issued his um, proclamation. We are hoping at least to have backyard minyanim. They will allow us to have outside minyanim, which is possible here in California. <clears throat> and we hope the Korov to be able to reestablish the Batiknesis and Batimedrish so that we can quickly move them all to Israel. Whatever the situation in London is, and even if we have to end up davening B'yechidus on Yontav and learning B'yechidus, doesn't matter. The side of the Kedush of the Torah is there. The Jibarach should help. There should be no more tsar for Klal Yisrael. No more Terrible things that have occurred. People face terrible difficulties, financial difficulties, and others now. The Kajbaruch should have Rahmanis on us. We should have the proper Yom Tov in the Mitzvah of the Karav Egul Thank you very much.